This message comes from NPR sponsor Slack, a new way to communicate with your team. It replaces email with something faster, better organized, and more secure. In a world where people could be anywhere, it becomes your office. Try it for free at slack.com. Slack, where work happens. You've probably heard about this Russia investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller. Every day there's a new headline about it. Well, Embedded is back with two episodes that lay the whole thing out, start to finish, so the news makes sense. Listen on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Afira. So today we have a game about animals. So are you ready for an animal group named Trivia Round? Sure, sure. Okay, what do you call a group of lions? I call it a pride. Correct. What about a group of fish? Uh, That's a school. Excellent. And what do you call a group of bedbugs? A free mattress. (laughs) From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage chomping on Lady Doritos. They are here to play our nerdy games, but only one will be our big winner. And our special guest is Lola Kirk, the star of Mozart in the Jungle. She plays a high-profile oboist, making her character the most famous fictional oboist ever, eclipsing the zero other oboists we know and love. And of course, with the popularity of the show, you know America's middle schools will soon be flooded with kids who want to play the oboe, so get ready. (laughs) Our first two contestants will play a word game brought to you by the letters DVR. Let's meet them. First up, Ray Walker Stewart on buzzer number one. You're a domestic analytic tactician. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Your opponent is Shaylin Burlew on buzzer number two. You're a web designer for a lifestyle app. Welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. Okay, Ray and Shaylin, the first of you who wins two games will go on to our final round. This is a word game called Late Starts. Sometimes if you miss the beginning of a TV show, the plot can be a little hard to follow. So in this game, we take that one step further. We lopped off the first letter from a television show's title, and then imagined what the new plot would be. Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example. If I said, in this Stephen Bochco drama, police officers patrol their city's most disease-ridden thoroughfare, you'd say, Ill Street Blues. Ring in to answer. Here we go. Architect Ted Mosby tells his kids about the time he painfully ran headfirst into their other parent. Ray. How I Met Your Otter? Okay, good idea. I'm sorry that is incorrect. Shaylin, can you steal? I know the answer. I'm just not sure how to phrase it for this challenge. How I met your mother? Shaylin, that is correct. We really are just cutting off the first. Got it. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, you you did it. You were like, this is very complicated. I I was like, it can't be this simple. (laughs) And I did it the wrong way (laughs) You did did it the wrong way and came up with a a very exciting show I'm not going to lie I was like, that does sound good That sounds good (laughs) I meant not not just any otter No (laughs) Your Your otter (laughs) I met met your otter today (laughs) Exactly Seems nice Like on the street, in a bathtub, like what was going on? In the first half hour of this drama, Briscoe and Curtis react to cute pictures of kittens And in the second half hour, McCoy puts the kittens on trial. Shaylin. Awe and order. Awe and order. That's right. Aww. In the feline justice system. (laughs) (laughs) Separate but equally important groups. That's right. This Ryan Murphy horror show features sorority sisters who make a delicious whipped pie topping. Great. Cream queens? Cream Queens is correct. Scream Queens turned into Cream Queens, and no joke will be provided following that. (laughs) Perky Leslie Nope takes inspiration from the biblical Noah and builds a giant boat to save the residents of Pawnee, Indiana from an apocalyptic flood. 
Ray. Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation, that's correct. Agent Dale Cooper enters a raffle where the grand prize is two mountains. Shaylin. Wind Peaks. Wind Peaks, that's right. <laughs> Very confusing raffle. <laughs> This British sci-fi anthology series imagines a dystopian future where all reflective surfaces have gone missing. Ray. Um, lack mirror. Lack, lack mirror. mirror. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like a dystopian future where everyone has a little something in their teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And there are no mirrors around. No they mirrors. Can't, and no one's going to tell them. them. Yeah. Nope. This is your last clue. George Clooney stars in this long-running drama about life on a pirate ship. <laughs> Shaylin. R. <laughs> That's right. Also starring Juliana Margulies. <laughs> Just one. Puzzler Archung, how did our contestants do? They did great. Shaylin, well done. You're one step closer to the final round. Our next audio quiz is about the sounds animals make. If you could talk to animals, what would they say, we wonder? Probably, stop holding me prisoner. Let's check in with our contestants. So, Ray, uh, you say you are a domestic analytic tactician. What exactly does that mean? Um, it's my own moniker for a housewife. I had to come up with something. It, needs to, it needed to sound a little complicated because what I do is extraordinarily complicated. Absolutely. You know, I wanted it to have uh, three words because I love three named actors like Sarah Michelle Gellar mm -hmm. and Neil Patrick Harris. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to have maybe a snazzy acronym, so D-A-T, because, you know, I'm all dad. That. <laughs> Shaylin, as a designer, I guess you spend a lot of time, you're following visual trends. It's true. Okay, so what, what's trending right now? Um, one of the most exciting things I've gotten to work on lately is like iOS sticker packs for Apple. So you, I've been designing those like little stickers that you can add into your conversations to sort of pepper them in the way you would use like an emoji. How do you feel about millennial pink, by the way? It's not, it looks like it's not going anywhere, huh? All right. <laughs> you heard it here, everybody. Let's go to your next game. In this audio quiz, we'll play an animal noise. You have to tell us what animal is making the sound. And don't worry, it is multiple choice. Shaylin, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are off to the final round. Ray, you need to win this, or you have to take care of my cat. And she's diabetic and old. <laughs> Here we go. What animal is making this sound? Is it A, a giant panda, B, a sea lion, or C, a honey badger? Ray. A sea lion? That is correct, a sea lion, yeah. I think we can both agree, a needy sea lion. <laughs> what animal is making this adorable chirping sound? Is that A, a hairy woodpecker, B, a straw-colored bat, or C, an Australian tree frog? Ray. Is it an Australian tree frog? Sure is, yeah. I feel like that frog had vocal fry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't find it that adorable, to be honest. <laughs> Not that adorable. <laughs> what is this sound? A, a polar bear scratching its belly. B, a hippopotamus bathing in a river. C, a lion licking its trainer. Ray. Hippopotamus? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Sounded like that. I can see that. Shailen, can you steal? Is it a lion licking its trainer? That is correct. Yeah, that's a lion. <laughs> licking a trainer who stood very still. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. That is licking, right? Yes. Okay, what animal is this? Hello! Is that A, an orangutan, B, a macaw, or C, my Aunt Susan? Ray. A macaw? That is a macaw, yes. 
What animal is heard eating in this clip? Animals are disgusting. Gross. <laughs> is that A, an alligator, B, a rhinoceros, or C, a chipmunk? Shaylin? A rhinoceros? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <gasps> Ray, can you steal? Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say a chipmunk. I believe the chipmunk is being eaten. Um, <laughs> that is an alligator, uh. actually. Okay, this is your last clue. What animal is making this haunting sound? Okay, is that A, a humpback whale, B, a bottlenose dolphin, or C, Dory? Shailen? A humpback whale? Humpback whale is correct, yes. Puzziger, Archung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Ray, you won that game. You each won a game, so it's time for a quick game three. I'll give you a category, and you'll go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Name Maria Von Trapp's 14 favorite things, as listed in the song My Favorite Things, from The Sound of Music. Shaylin, you're up. Raindrops on roses. That is correct. Ray. Whiskers on kittens. Correct. Shaylin. Bright copper kettles. Wow. Shaylin's correct. Ray. Warm woolen mittens. Correct. We got a game. <laughs> Shaylin. Brown paper packages tied up with string. That is correct. Ray. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> you have to call three seconds on that one. We need an answer. Oh, I'm blanking. Oh. I think raindrops from roses was already said. Yes, I'm sorry, that was already said. The yeah. remaining answers were cream-colored ponies, crisp apple strudel, doorbells, sleigh bells, schnitzels with noodle, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wing, girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, and silver-white winters that melt into springs. Ray, I'm sorry to say goodbye. Shaylin, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Shaylin in our final round. And we'll talk to Lola Kirk from Mozart in the Jungle. It's a show based on a memoir by a real professional oboist. And you just know that there is a French horn player out there who wished she finished her book sooner. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. For nearly a decade, Comcast has connected millions of low-income families to the Internet at home. With an uncertain school year ahead, Comcast's Internet Essentials Partner Program is working to connect low-income students to the Internet and offering 60 days of free Internet service to new Internet Essentials customers, so students and families have the tools they need to be ready for anything. More at comcast.com slash internetessentials. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting the next installment of Fargo. Family is complicated. Crime is organized. The all-new Fargo takes you to 1950s Kansas City, where two criminal syndicates have struck an uneasy truce as they both fight for their piece of the American dream. Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman star in this original tale of immigration, assimilation, and power. The fourth installment of Fargo premieres with back-to-back -back episodes Sunday, September 27th at 9 p.m. on FX and streams next day FX on Hulu. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Archung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It is time to welcome our special guest. She stars as Haley Rutledge in the Golden Globe-winning Amazon series Mozart in the Jungle. Please welcome Lola Kirk. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So Mozart in the Jungle is based on a 2005 memoir of an oboist exposing the dark underbelly of the classical music world, uh, specifically the fictional New York Symphony and its charismatic conductor. Yes. 
did you know much about classical music before this? No, I knew nothing about classical music except that I have this dentist who likes to listen to it really loud while he's drilling and then talk to me about classical music while he has tools in my mouth and then, <laughs> and then I can't respond. So that was right. my association. He must be very excited that you are in this series. He is. Yeah, he now he's it. really talking to you about classical oh, music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, are you getting into classical music? Um, yes, I am. I mean, I think that it's like a whole other vocabulary, and I feel like it's like another language, and I know like four sentences in it, which are like Stravinsky, that's a sentence, <laughs> yeah. uh, Shostakovich, Ravel. Yeah. No, um, I don't know. You're getting impressive. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, I don't need to name drop or anything. <laughs> and now, so your character Haley plays the oboe, so you had to learn a bit of oboe. Yeah, well, I didn't really like learn how to play the oboe. I just learned how to look like I was playing the oboe. But a lot of oboists think that I play the oboe. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, I guess I'm like a really good actress That's or great. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you, have you played notes on it? I mean, how hard is it? I can play it? three bars of Mahler's eighth, and that is one note that stops after... <laughs> there's, a, there's rest for three bars of the four <laughs> bars. So, yeah, I can play one note. Okay, so how challenging is it to learn how to fictionally play an instrument? Oh, God. I mean, it's pretty challenging. I, I think the most challenging part is the high self-esteem that you have to develop to look like you're playing the oboe because it is not pretty. That is not a pretty thing, especially when you are not making a pretty sound. It's like red and puffy. It's not like a cello, which is like, it oozes sex. <laughs> right. This does not. Oboe is not a sexy instrument. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> For, if you can play really well, sure. Sure, of course. Everything yes. done very well. But right, it doesn't off the, it has a little tiny reed at the top that is very finicky, it's a double I believe. Reed. Yeah. A double reed. Thank you. Okay. So you have coaches that are helping you and people that are professional oboe players. Yes, and they've been amazing and very devoted because I you know, as you said earlier, there really are not many oboists represented. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend still thinks I play the clarinet on TV. <laughs> um, but now this season I I started, um, now I'm a conductor. Yes. Which is much prettier when you remember to close your mouth. Because otherwise you look like you're on drugs. Oh, <laughs> right, because you were <laughs> just standing there waving your arms around with your mouth open. Yeah. Right, it looks... So this is, this is kind of a big deal because there has not been a female representation of a conductor on the silver screen. No, never. And my conducting coach, Emer Noon, she is Irish, and she <laughs> was like almost in tears when she was like training me how to be a conductor. And she was amazing. It's a very um, beautiful thing to like pretend that you're telling a room of like 150 people what to do and that they're all listening to you, like pretending that they all are doing exactly what you want them to do. That's amazing. That you, ha you are the ultimate authority yeah. in this like very beautiful thing. Exactly. Okay, so what have you learned about oboe players as people? Well, apparently oboists, my, well, one oboe teacher I had was like, oboists are the best kissers. And I was like, that is so, <laughs> I would never make that connection because you, I, I guess you can't see it on the radio, but like you literally go like that. Like, right, you turn your lips inside yeah, almost, right? I never kissed anyone like that. Right. <laughs> and then you like blow out your cheeks. So apparently they're great kissers um, and also a little crazy. But I think that all people in an orchestra would say that like they're crazy because you kind of have to be. I mean, it's like Olympic athlete level of commitment to that instrument. You start when you're like three and then you practice for at least five hours every day until you make it and then you might not make it. Have you had uh, letters or feedback, positive and maybe, maybe even pointing things out from classical music fans? Yeah, I mean, they're just like excited, which is so nice because if you're going to represent like another culture, you would hope that they'd like it and not be like mad at you for your bad job at it. So yeah. I'm just happy that so they're excited. They no one's been like, by the way, when you hold the oboe or... One person said that my pinky, like, double joints when I play, and then I'm like, you're not watching the show correctly. <laughs> <laughs> right, if that's what you're getting out of it, like... No. You're not even enjoying yeah. any of the dialogue or the relationships, yeah, no. just the pinky. Interesting. Well, of course, that's what they're focused on. And what have you learned about uh, conductors as people? 
Oh my God. Well, I mean, I've learned this crazy statistic, which is that of the world's 150 major orchestras, only four of them are led by women. So it's like, like many major industries, uh, dominated by men, mostly Mm -hmm. white men. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, difficult to kind of take power in those, in those worlds. Yeah. So you are the embodiment of that in this, uh, fictional series. Hopefully that will inspire people. Yes. That would be so cool. So, you know, before Mozart in the Jungle, uh, your breakout role was in Noah Baumbach's film Mistress America. You played Tracy, uh, who has an interesting relationship with Greta Gerwig's character, Brooke, sort of part mentor, part infatuation, part uh, big sister, little sister. Did you draw any inspiration as an actor being in real life the youngest uh, sibling of four? Yeah, and I feel like I oddly find myself in roles where I'm, like, subordinate to some, like, powerful person. I don't know what that is because I feel kind of powerful in my life, <laughs> but I guess no one else sees me that way. <laughs> were you, as the youngest of four, I'm the youngest. Uh, were you teased? I can tell. Yeah, you could tell? Yeah. It's like that thing where you're like not quite sure of yourself all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you talk a lot and you say funny stuff. <laughs> uh, were you teased by your older siblings? Do you have that relationship? Yeah, majorly. Yeah. Oh, majorly. Yeah. Older siblings have this unique experience of having spent like many years of their life being wretched to somebody. Like as a younger child, <laughs> like you don't have that experience. Like you're very nice. Yeah. That's weird. It is weird. Yeah. And they're just confidently fine yeah. with the fact that they've been like that. I wish I, I, I'd like to play a person like that. That'd be fun. Well, kind of a conductor might be a little bit like that. Right, but so far my character's approach to conducting is like by being very nice. But that's going to change because that doesn't work. But you should watch right, that, <laughs> the show. Well, that doesn't sustain a season, right? This story arc of you're nice all the time. Yeah, that's not very interesting. <laughs> okay. In addition to all this, you're a musician? Yes. Okay, and you're a singer-songwriter type thing, but what is the style of music? How would you describe it? I guess it's like rock and roll, but also country stuff. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know why I connect to that kind of music. I guess because, like, as my dad said, which I think is a quote from someone else, but it was like, it's three chords and the truth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right. I was like, that sounds doable. (laughs) Sounds like a good entry point. I like that honesty in music. And on your tour, uh, you know tours usually bring out some interesting moments. Any good tour stories? There were amazing moments. Uh, In El Paso, we played a show for like four people and a weatherman hypnotized me. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't actually hypnotize me. I just felt bad, so I went along with it, which entailed me like falling face forward into the palm of his hand off of a bar stool. But I was fine. I was safe. (laughs) I like how game you are about everything. You're totally game. (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay, good. Well, then this is going to be perfect. Are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Yeah. Lola Kirk, everybody. (laughs) Lola, one of the big moments of season three of Mozart in the Jungle involves the performance of an aria based on the true story of Amy Fisher, who, as a high school student in 1992, shot the wife of her 36-year-old lover, Joey Botafuco. But amazingly, your show actually commissioned the aria just for that episode. So this inspired us to do a deep dive into the world of unbelievably strange operas. Great. Good, yes. Yes. So I'm going to give you the title and a description of an opera. You just have to guess if it's real or something we made up. Okay, cool. So and if you do well enough, Brian Coulomb from Hyattsville, Maryland, is going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Okay. All right, Brian. I got you. All right. Here's your first one. Scalia Ginsburg. (laughs) A man in a toga locks the two Supreme Court justices in a room and won't free them until they agree on the Constitution. Real opera or fake opera? I wish that were real. I don't think it is. Guess what? Wishes come true. It's real. (laughs) So you're wrong, but it's real. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) And Scalia and Ginsburg both saw it, and they said they loved it. That's beautiful. I don't know why there's a man in a toga. Perhaps it takes place in a fraternity in 1950. (laughs) I don't really get it. Paul Bunyan... An operetta by modern classical composer Benjamin Britten. It features a chorus of lumberjacks, a chorus of wild geese, and a chorus of Swedes. But the character of Paul Bunyan never appears on stage. Real or fake? Fake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Benjamin Britten's kind of weird. Yeah. 
I'm going to say fake. You're going to say fake? Yeah. This one's real. Oh, my this God. This one's real. Yeah. Medulla La Land. <laughs> Loosely inspired by the 2016 film La La Land, this opera recasts Emma Stone's role as a doula slash <laughs> brain surgeon to the stars. Fake. <laughs> that is fake. Yeah, that is fake. Here's your next one. Licht. A 29-hour German opera cycle where at one point the musicians leave the theater and board four actual helicopters. The helicopters take off and the musicians continue to play music, which is live-streamed back to the theater. Real or fake? Real. Totally real. Oh. That is totally real. What musician doesn't want that job? (laughs) I don't like helicopters, so I don't know... (laughs) That would be exciting to me, but yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds great. I can't even, like, the budget for that. Come on. Okay, here is your last clue. Ugh! The first opera written entirely in Klingon. At the end of the first act, the main character forges a sword out of his own hair with the help of a volcano. Real or fake? Real. Totally real. (laughs) Just a little note, at the end of the second act, the two leads make, I quote, make violent love in the blood of their enemies. I feel like these operas follow, like, family guy standards of, like, what makes a story. (laughs) It's like anything goes rough. It's pretty rough out there. Wow. Puzziger Archung, how did our special guest Lola do? Congratulations, Lola. You and listener Brian Coulomb both won. Ask me another Rubik's Cube. Mozart in the Jungle Season 4 is available now on Amazon. Give it up for Lola Kirk, everybody. Thank you. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a trivia game inspired by the internet. Remember when we called it the information superhighway? And then we realized that most of the information was wrong. First up, Sierra Velarde on buzzer number one. You write newsletters for BuzzFeed. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Your opponent is Michael Serafino on buzzer number two. You're a painter. Welcome. Thank you. Remember, Sierra and Michael, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to our final round. Let's go to your first game. Sierra, what's the most common misconception about you? A lot of people assume that I can speak Spanish because I'm Hispanic, but my parents unfortunately never taught me. Yeah. So I have, I have a very Israeli name, and anytime I meet someone from Israel, they start talking to me mm-hmm. in Hebrew, and then they are angry. Yeah, I've they gotten that. They are angry. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Michael, what's the most common misconception about you? I come across as quite normal, but I assure you, I'm very strange. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's another level of misconception. (laughs) 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 This trivia game is about the internet phenomenon called the Mandela Effect, where a group of people share a common misconception. So ring in to answer. Here we go. Some people remember the comedian Sinbad starring in a movie called Shazam, where he plays a genie who grants wishes to children. This movie does not exist, but who starred in the real 1996 movie Kazam? Sarah. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that's right. Many cold cut lovers, there are a lot of them, (laughs) misremember the spelling of Oscar Mayer. How do you spell Mayer? Sierra. M-A-Y-E-R. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, most people think it's M-E-Y-E-R. Right. My baloney had a second name. That's That's right. right. That's how I remember, too, from the song. (laughs) You mean the marketing that got drilled into your brain? (laughs) Commercial song, yeah, commercial. Some people misremember a famous 1537 painting by Hans Holbein the Younger depicting a king with a turkey leg in his hand. Which king is actually depicted in this painting holding gloves and a scabbard? Sierra. King George III. Interesting guess. I'm sorry that is incorrect, but well done. Michael, can you steal? No pressure. You're just a painter. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that doesn't mean you have to know everything about painting. King George II. Good <laughs> guess. Good guess. We're actually looking for Henry VIII. Oh. Classic. Classic. Classic, <laughs> Classic king. <laughs> One of the best. Yep. There's a lot of confusion on the internet about the spelling of the beloved children's book series, The Berenstain Bears. How is Berenstain spelled? Michael. Uh, Berenstain. B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-N-E. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Sierra, can you spell that word? B-E-A-R-S-T-A-I-N. I'm sorry. That is also oh. incorrect. It's B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. Mm. A lot of people remember it as S-T-E-I-N. Can't spell bear in the beginning. <laughs> I know you would think there would be a bear in there, yeah. but there isn't. No. Just a coincidence yeah, that they there were bears. bears. Yeah. yeah. That's what I that's what I was going with. Yeah. <laughs> Does Curious George have a tail? Sierra. I'm gonna go with yes. I'm sorry that is incorrect. <laughs> Michael, can you steal? <laughs> I'm just going to think this one through. Talk it out if you Talk need to. Talk it out. It's confirmed he... Yes, he has a tail. What? <laughs> no, he has no tail. Michael, that's the craziest thing that's I've ever heard. That's why I don't talk it out. That's why I don't talk it out. <laughs> not sure what to do with this situation. I have to look over at the judge in a sort of rueful, confused we, way. We have to take his answer. We he, have to he take his answer. He also said yes. I'm sorry, you're both incorrect. Curious <laughs> <laughs> George does not have a tail. No. But you can see how much we want him to we have really, a tail. Now you understand you everybody's very confused. Because <laughs> your brain's like, he's a monkey. I've known my entire life he's a monkey. Must have a tail. Yeah, no tail. All right, this is your last clue. <laughs> what board game mascot is often misremembered as wearing a monocle? Michael. Mr. Monopoly. Mr. Monopoly is right. Yes. He's got a top hat, a morning suit, bow tie, a cane, no monocle, because he's rich. He's had the surgery. He's got the laser <laughs> Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? I guess it's hard to shake some misconceptions. Sierra, well done. You're one step closer to the final round. Guess what? The internet's still good for something, like applying to be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org, and we'll send you our quiz. Coming up, Jonathan Colton parties as hard as you can on public radio, which means he'll have a sip of wine and indulge in a gluten-free nut wafer. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. For nearly a decade, Comcast has connected millions of low-income families to the Internet at home. With an uncertain school year ahead, Comcast's Internet Essentials Partner Program is working to connect low-income students to the Internet and offering 60 days of free Internet service to new Internet Essentials customers, so students and families have the tools they need to be ready for anything. More at comcast.com slash internetessentials. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting the next installment of Fargo. Family is complicated. Crime is organized. The all-new Fargo takes you to 1950s Kansas City, where two criminal syndicates have struck an uneasy truce as they both fight for their piece of the American dream. Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman star in this original tale of immigration, assimilation, and power. The fourth installment of Fargo premieres with back-to-back -back episodes Sunday, September 27th at 9 p.m. on FX and streams next day FX on Hulu. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Sierra and Michael. Soon they'll play a music parody game where Jonathan Colton parties like it's 1999, meaning he hasn't even considered that a president could win without getting the most votes. <laughs> Let's check in with our contestants. Sierra, what, uh, of all those BuzzFeed newsletters, which ones are your favorite to write and create? I write a lot of different ones, but I think my favorite one is Thirsty Thursday, where it's just a picture of a hot guy sent to your inbox to just, you know, brighten your day. Yeah. Yeah. Lately, the past, like, four weeks, it's been um, a lot of hot Olympic athletes. So if you haven't checked out the U.S. Um, men's bobsled team, I suggest you take a look. <laughs> It's not my whole job, it's just before Thursday. Just, but it's, just your Thursday job. It's my favorite part, yeah. Got it. Yeah. 
Michael, apparently you own a prized whiskey canteen. Yeah, so I was in Yosemite, and that place is just lousy with bears. Mm. And when I came back from a hike one day, my camp was just tossed completely, very obviously, from a wild animal. But about 150 feet from my camp was a canteen that had whiskey in it. And it was smashed, scratched, poked, bit, and just like every imaginable except turning the knob uh, kind of thing you could imagine to it. So a bear spent a good part of the day trying to get my whiskey. But couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Enjoyed that night. (laughs) That's great. Let's go to your next game. Sierra, what was your best birthday? I had a birthday when I was 14 that we went to one of those indoor water parks and got to go there and then had a really fun sleepover. It was just really fun. And we got to go and in the middle. My birthday's in February, so it was cold out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm glad that you have that memory. That's good. Michael, what was your (laughs) best birthday? Uh, You all may sense a theme here, but it was my 21st birthday when I had to (laughs) stop using fake IDs. Yeah, you and your whiskey canteen could finally make your own pathway into somewhere legal. I get it. Okay, very good. Your next game is a music parody game called It's Party Time. Sierra, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Michael, you need to win this, or you're going to have to party like it's 1799, which means you die of dysentery in 1800. (laughs) We took songs with the word party in the title and rewrote them to be about parties or celebrations. Ring in to identify the event that I'm singing about, and if you get that right, for a bonus, you can name the original song or the artist that I'm parodying. You ready? Yes. Yes. Here we go. (laughs) Very special service on a Saturday night. Everybody's dancing, the horror just right. Reading out the Torah to all of my friends on my 13th birthday when my childhood ends. Sierra. Bat Mitzvah. Yes, Bat Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah, that's correct. (laughs) For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? That's Pink. It is Pink. Get this party started, that's right. Girl, I can't understand it. Why'd I even bother to get together with classmates I once knew? Oh no, those Lorraine and Francis, the mean girls from my homeroom. They have great jobs and kids. What am I to do? I just want to turn around and leave, turn around and leave, turn around and leave. Michael. Uh, high school reunion? Uh, yes, high school reunion, exactly. Well and, done. And I don't know the artist. You don't the know the artist nope, or the song? don't know it. It was Eddie Murphy, party all the time. <laughs> so I'll put my gown on, I'm 15 now, I'll finally come of age. Damasi Chambelanes, we're eating that cake like yeah. I put my gown on, I'm 15 now, waltzing the night away. Yeah, it's a Latin American tradition in the USA. <laughs> Sierra. Quinceanera. Quinceanera, that's right. Bonus point if you can name the song or the artist. Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. That's correct. <laughs> My Latin heritage came. I know, see, it came <laughs> in handy. This time, yeah. I just love the lyric, we're eating that cake like yay. Yeah, we're eating that cake like yay. <laughs> Hindu festival of lights tonight Goddess Lakshmi, thanks for all the good times Rock our newest threads and head outside Fireworks exploding in the night sky Michael? July 4th? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Sierra, can you steal? Diwali? Diwali, that's correct. It's the Hindu festival of lights. Can you name the song or artist? Um, it's Party Rock Anthem? Yeah, it's Party Rock Anthem. That's exactly right. Wearing a veil and a sparkly t-shirt Ladies and the new bride-to-be Pink sashes, penis-shaped cakes (laughs) Chippendales dancing till three It's her party and her wedding's tomorrow, wedding's tomorrow, wedding's tomorrow. Michael. Bachelorette party. Bachelorette party, oh yeah. For a bonus point, can you name the song or Uh, artist? It's my party. That's right, Leslie Gore. (laughs) Pop the champagne. 
the year is over Watch the ball drop With some good friends Sing old Lang Syne The year is over And tomorrow we start an awful year again Sierra New Year's Eve New Year's Eve, that's right Can you get the bonus point? I'm just going to guess Johnny Cash. Uh, That's a good guess. It's actually Willie Nelson, The Party's Mm. Over. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. This is your last clue. Yeah, yeah. A teething toy and a stroller. Blankets and onesies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A diaper pail and a high chair. Stuffed bears and bunnies. (laughs) Michael. Baby shower. Baby shower. You got it. (laughs) I don't suppose you could name the song or the artist. I could not name it. Mm, That was Pitbull. Of course. Another classic. Don't stop the party. Okay. No one wants to, Pitbull. Relax. (laughs) Art Chung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Sierra. You won both games, and you're moving on to the final round. While Sierra and Shaylin get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Wisdom of the Crowd. We asked a previous live audience at the Bell House questions with numerical answers. For example, how old was the world's oldest cat? We average their responses, and now we'll find out who's better at guesstimating, the crowd or house musician Jonathan Colton. Here we go. How many pubs did the Guinness record holder for most pubs visited by one individual visit. All right. I don't know how much time, over how much time we're talking about, but I assume it was a sort of long-term project. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just one a week. night. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's say it was in London. How many pubs are there in London? Probably thousands of pubs in London. Mm-hmm. You get around London pretty easy. You probably get to, depending on how much you drink and how long you stay, you get around to a couple per night if you really wanted to. Oh, yeah. Come on now. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could do... You could do a few hundred a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say it's on the order of thousands. Yep. I'm going to say it's uh, 7,500 pubs. 7,500 pubs. Yeah. Our audience guessed 31,697. That's quite a bit bigger than mine. Yeah. So the correct answer is 46,495. Over how much time? So uh, this guy's name is Bruce Masters, and you made an assumption that was correct. He is from the UK, and he did this between 1960 and 2014. Oh, okay. So he did it for a long time. He <laughs> this did guy 40, was 000. committed. So he did like a thousand a year, a thousand pubs a year. Oh, that's too many pubs. Is it or? Oh, maybe not <laughs> enough. I don't know. Okay, how about this? According to Smithsonian Magazine, what percentage of our waking hours do we spend blinking? So the, <laughs> let's say in a minute, you probably blink more than once a second on average. Maybe you get, uh, what, uh, 10, 15, uh, say 20, 20 blinks a minute. Right. Let's, let's also decide that no one's just throwing stuff at your face. No, no. I mean, in a normal, over the normal course right. of a day. Exactly. Nobody's spraying mace at you or anything <laughs> no, like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, and a blink is pretty short. No, I'm going to say it's 20 blinks make up a second. Okay. <laughs> so what percentage of your day? It. So one divided by of 60. Of waking hours. Of yeah, waking of waking hours. hours. Yeah. yeah, I'm working on it. I'm doing yeah. the math. And I know for you, waking hours is like the two hours we're on stage. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say 2%. Okay, our audience guessed 23%. 23%? <laughs> Maybe people throw stuff at them. I don't know. The correct answer is 10%. So, yeah, you got that one. You're right. Yes. Even 10% feels like a lot. What a waste of time. I know. Think of all the things that you could be looking at. (laughs) According to Guinness World Records, what is the highest number of miles ever driven on one vehicle? Okay. (laughs) Because you say driven, I'm going to rule out spacecraft. Yes, this right. On the earth we're talking about. Yeah, and I feel like it's fair to say vehicle means car. Okay, so it's not a train or a... No, no, no. Okay, so cars, let's see. My 1984 Honda Civic went for 180,000 miles. I don't like you bragging on our show. (laughs) I'm saying it was a good car. It was a good car. I drove that sucker into the ground. 
But and that's just a consumer car driven by yeah. a very careful teenage driver. <laughs> So I would imagine if you had a more robust vehicle and you took good care of it, and you uh, so it's pr- it's probably many hundreds of thousands. Mm. Uh, is it a million miles? I'm going to say just because it's a nice round number, I'm going to say a million miles. All right, our audience guessed sixty-four million seven hundred and sixty-two thousand four hundred and ninety-one. It's a very specific guess. By the way, this guy's name is Irvin Gordon. He's from Alaska, and the car is a red 1966 Volvo 1800S. Mm-hmm. And he drove 3,039,122 miles. Wow. Meaning that you were closer. I guess I'm still yeah, technically closer. Yeah, you won. He probably had to replace the fan belts and such. He replaced some. He replaced some of the stuff, but it still has its original engine. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. He has a hundred and twenty-five mile daily commute. Oh, that would do so it. That would do it. Okay, here's your last one. According to the website Five Thirty Eight, what is the average number of words said per minute in Hamilton as performed on the Broadway cast album? Yeah, for crying out loud. I've listened to the album many, many times. Mm. There's different speeds. There's some stretches of just music in there. Uh, there's probably, let's say, average... I'm going to say 200 words per minute on average. Okay. Our audience guessed... 850,000. <laughs> 90. Oh. The correct answer is 144. So I, the audience won by two, oh, I man. think. Yeah. That was close. To compare, by the way, Phantom of the Opera is 68 words per minute. Mm -hmm. Hamilton, 144. (laughs) All right, well, that was the wisdom of the crowd. Well done, Jonathan Colton. Well done, audience. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Shaylin Burlew, who says Millennial Pink isn't going anywhere. (laughs) And Sierra Velarde, who gets paid to look at pictures of hot guys. (laughs) (laughs) Puzzler Archung, take it away. Thanks, Afira. Shaylin and Sierra, your final round is called It's Elementary. Each answer contains an element from the periodic table. For example, if I said... Reynolds Wrap is a popular brand of this product. You'd answer aluminum foil. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Lola Kirk. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Sierra is going first. Here we go. Sierra, Superman was born on this planet. Krypton. That is right. Shaylin, many tech companies operate in a part of California nicknamed this, also the name of an HBO series. Silicon Valley. That is right. Sierra, this Frito-Lay brand is one of the top three best-selling pretzel brands in the United States. Three seconds. Neon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're looking for rolled gold. Shaylin, he was the front man for the band Queen. Uh, Freddie Mercury. That is right. Sierra, despite selling more than 50 million albums, this Canadian rock group is often regarded as the most hated band of all time. Nickelback. That is right. (laughs) Shaylin, this magician made the Statue of Liberty disappear and took his name from the title character of a Charles Dickens novel. Three seconds. Oh, man. Uh, Three seconds. Oh, no. Sorry. We're looking for David Copperfield. Oh, man. All I can think of is David Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) Sierra, this cable channel launched in 2000 as a women's lifestyle network, but rebranded in 2017 as the new network for crime. Oxygen. That is right. Shaylin, pedantic people love to complain about this Alanis Morissette song that contains the lyric, it's like rain on your wedding day. (laughs) Ironic. Ironic is correct. We're at the halfway point, and the game is tied at three points each. Sierra, it's Arcade Fire's second studio album. Three seconds. Silver. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're looking for a neon Bible. There's the neon. <laughs> Shaylin, in 2017, American Express raised the annual fee for this to $550. 
It's platinum card? That is correct. Sierra, in Greek mythology, this group of 50 sailors went with Jason to find the golden fleece. Spartans, I don't know. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're looking for the Argonauts. Argon being the element. Mm -hmm. Shaylin, this fast food chain shares a name with a character from Treasure Island. Long John Silver's. That is correct. Here's the situation. Shaylin is in the lead five to three. Sierra, if you get this question wrong, you lose. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it. I don't, I don't think we phrase it that way. Yeah, you're right. we don't. I don't know why. Just we'll pick it up. If you, if you get this incorrect, Shailen will win the game. <laughs> Same thing. That's Same. nicer. That's nicer though. Feels better. Feels better. <laughs> this Frank Capra movie stars Cary Grant as a man who discovers his family are murderers. I don't know. I'm sorry. We were looking for arsenic and old lace, which means Shailen, congrats, you win. Big kudos to you, Sierra. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of it. And congratulations, Shaylin. That's our show. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Mark Halpin, Carol Lee, and senior writer J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Camilla Franklin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, if you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. So for information on new episodes, upcoming live shows, and extra games, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And who knows, maybe you could win a Rubik's Cube. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Julia Stiles tells us about the time Prince invited her on stage to sing with him. 50,000 people in this arena, blinding white lights, and I'm, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, and he goes, too late. And... <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.